Hello, and welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as Rage Against the Hot Tub Time Machine. It's a cultural <laughs> quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony, and this is Austin, and we're joined today by Lucas. Hello, Lucas. Here I am. Here, Send me. Here you are. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listening audience? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Lucas Schweitzer. I think I'm 24. Am I 24? Yeah, more or less. Uh, I'm a resident of Chicago, along along with Austin and Tony, and I'm excited to to call call it Ishmael. <laughs> <laughs> we are excited to have you on the show, um, Austin. You were eating chips earlier. What kind of chips were you eating? I mean, donkey chips. Oh my goodness! Um, unsalted. Okay. Um, because salsa already has a lot of salt in it. They might as well call it salsa. You know. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, edit that out. Um, nope. I, I, nope. It's yeah. in. It's on the record yeah. now. It's a it's a hundred percent stone ground whole grain white corn. And um, only three ingredients in the salt un, in the unsalted one. And four ingredients in the salted one. How do you know that? Oh, (laughs) you lived with me. We ate a lot of donkey chips together. I love donkey chips. Donkey chips are my favorite thing. Oh, this is a well-known brand. Yeah. Oh, Lucas, do you not know donkey chips? I'm very unfamiliar with donkey chips. Oh, Lucas, let Austin and I regale you. (laughs) Uh, Lucas Lucas was sitting there thinking it was similar to cow chips. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, buffalo chips, cow chips. Yeah. Um, um, Lucas, uh, donkey chips are a Chicago brand of tortilla oh. chips, and like, are I said, they? Let me uh, check on the back. They're here. certainly yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah Carroll Stream, Illinois, so suburb. Yes, you're right. And they are incredibly good. Like I said, the unsalted version have only three ingredients, which are Austin. Check me on this: corn, corn oil, and a hint of lime. Hint of lime, yes, you're right. And then the now salt- is the hint in the ingredient list. Um, let me read it again. Let's see: white corn, corn oil, trace of lime. Oh, trace of lime! Yeah. Dang. Trace amounts of lime, which kind of makes it sound like it's lime the mineral and not lime the fruit. Um, yeah, I've been using donkey chips to clean my bathtub for the last year <laughs> and a half. So. Yeah. Um, they're great chips. They're shatteringly crispy. Um, and and perfect podcast chips, (laughs) just perfect microphone chips. Um, (laughs) and the shatteringly crispy is evidenced by the fact that I bought these off the sale rack and they are in fact shards. Um, (laughs) they got jostled around a little bit before they went on the shelf. So yeah. Are you a chips guy, Lucas? You like chips? Um, yeah, I would definitely say I'm a I'm a salty snack person over like sweet snack. Well, then, for sure. Then, then I recommend the salted donkey chips. All right, but that's four ingredients. That's four ingredients. If you're willing to take that on, yeah, I think I could. I don't know. Now I'm kind of concerned about how many ingredients are in the chips I'm eating. Oh, so <laughs> right. Hey, Lucas. Comparison is the thief of joy. So <laughs> just. <laughs> Just don't worry about it. Um, I'm with you though about the salty snacks. I I like sweets. 
I like peanut M&Ms. Um, but man, eat, no matter what time of day it is, give me give me chips and a thing of hummus or a thing of salsa or like a bag of pretzels with some mustard. Gosh. Interesting that you said any time of day, Austin. Because the theme of today's episode is time. 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 The final frontier. Nope, not that one. It's one of the dimensions. Yeah. More of a final, more of a final countdown. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I thought we had gotten a little too, a little too concrete with our theme, so I wanted to I wanted to pedal back into the world of abstraction. So we're going to talk about time today. Our first category is specific time references in media. Hmm. So, for instance, there is a TV show that always begins with the time and day that the t- episode is taking place. Can you name that TV show? Um, I would guess. Throw it out there. Toss it. Uh, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It usually begins with a... You're dang tradition. right it does. It always begins with the time and the day. And it's never relevant to the plot, and it's very funny. There's also a podcast, and Austin, I have recommended this podcast to you probably 10,000 times. So if you're not able to come up with it, it indicates to me that you don't care about me and you don't care about the things that I say to you. Hey, Tony. Yeah? Ask me if I know what the podcast you're talking about is. Austin, do you know what podcast I'm talking about? Uh, Yeah, dude. Nice! <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a podcast it. called Oh Yeah, Dude. Uh, they, yeah, they always begin with the time and day. And I believe uh, I believe you owe me a little a little apology. <laughs> I, I never directly accused you of anything. I said it was right. a conditional accusation. Sure, um, and I haven't listened. So okay, so you don't care <laughs> about me or the things that I say to you. It was founded. No, I did. <laughs> I have listened to a few episodes, and I found them very funny. It's a great show. It also is so a few times in this podcast we have done a game where, for instance, we did drum drummer and dragon slayer, where you had to define which one is which. And they do a game on that show where they do a strain of weed, the name of a horse in a horse race, or a made up one. And so that that sort of triplicate assigning of roles was the inspiration for that game. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a very good... It's a You know what? I'm going to say it. It's a very good podcast. To get back to time references. Yes, let's do the time warp for the first time. For the first time. Uh, Elliot Smith, singer-songwriter, makes reference to a specific time of day in at least two of his songs. Does either of you know what time of day this is? Uh, the, the witching hour. Oh, good guess. It's 2.45 a.m. He has a song called 2.45 a.m. in which he says it's 2.45 in the morning. And then in the song Looking Over My Shoulder, he says it's 45 past 2. And I am just dying to know what happened to him at 2.45 in the morning. And he's not, he's not among the living anymore, so I can't pen a letter. Did we lose Austin? I, I think we have. I, I was curious. Hey, 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 oh. can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. We lost. I don't know what happened. I've been talking. I've been talking for like, I've been talking for like 
10 minutes trying to jump in on these <laughs> these goose and that material's <laughs> all lost. I don't know what happened. Uh, would you like to tell us any what were your goofs that you had for Elliot Smith? Um, I was going to say the witching. I was going to also say the witching hour. Okay. Um, not much of a goof. Uh, yeah, you're right. So you I was really didn't have that many goofs, did you? <laughs> no, I uh, just I the one, sick. just the one non-goof that you had. Um, what so, happened to Elliot Smith at two forty-five? Um, man. Well, according to the song 2.45 a.m., he says it's 2.45 in the morning, and I'm putting myself on warning. So that's, that's one thing that happened at 2.45. Well, considering the way that he, the way that he, he left us, um, it almost makes me wonder if it's just that kind of like lonely, lonely hour when you're awake and no one else is, and you're kind of just alone with your, with your thoughts. Maybe that's when he did a lot of his songwriting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's insightful, Austin, and I I think that you're you're probably right. I, 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 there may not be a specific incident; it may just be a symbolic, lonely time. Yeah, late nights are good for introspective songwriting. Yeah, yeah, totally right. That wasn't a goof, Austin, but it was it was a really great comment, and I appreciate the fact that I can now hear you over Skype, and and you're no longer lost in the the digital void. In the ether, yeah. Well. Um, there is an Elliot Smith song called Somebody That I Used to Know. And there's ooh. also a Godier song called Somebody That I Used to Know. And there's another, oh, it kills me that I can't, you know what? We're going to put the podcast on hold so that I can find this. There's another <laughs> Godier song that has the same title as an Elliot Smith song. And it's not like it's a cover version or anything. Like they're totally unrelated songs. But I just think it's crazy interesting that there are two songs by Elliot Smith that Godier has the same title and when I told this to another some of my friends they were totally uninterested in that so while I'm looking this up online can you guys tell me how interesting it is Tony this is life changing what you've cried <laughs> up here this is unlike anything else I've ever heard the fact that, that they both independently focused in on on two identical song titles is it's really changed it all for me. Thanks. Right, and it's not it's not just, you know, there are a lot of artists with songs named Time. Right. But every word every word you add to the title diminishes the chances that you would randomly pick it at yeah. the same time with someone yeah. else. The other song is called Easy Way Out. It's crazy to me. I have um I have one question. What's that, Austin? Did they have? Did they ever find the body? Did they find Elliot Smith's body? <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe they did. I believe that there was a coroner's report. I, I, they never buried it though. I think they reanimated it and and, uh, and sent it off to Europe, um, where in in Belgium he was reanimated as singer songwriter Godier. So I think you're. Which uh, which would be funny to go through all that work of of reanimating yourself and then just write songs that <laughs> with the, the same, same title. Name. Yeah. <laughs> we we busted this case wide open. I think we did. <laughs> I need a D, I need to see the birth certificate. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Well. <laughs> I'm really glad we returned to Elliot Smith because there were clearly a lot of unturned stones from the... Yeah. the... <laughs> <laughs> In the world of literature, the book 1984 begins with a reference to uh, clocks. Would you? Do you know what the first line of 1984 is? Um. Can I just? Can I just bludgeon my way through it? Sure. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's something like it. I feel like it makes a weather reference. Yes. Um. It was like a. It was like a cold, crisp morning, comma something like that. <laughs> And the clocks were striking 13. Oh, very well done. Okay. Yeah, so you got the latter half of that correct. The first half is, it was a bright day in April, and the clocks were striking oh. 13. It was oh. a bright day, in, a bright day in April. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, you know what, Austin? You never cease to amaze me. Aw, thanks, Tony. Yeah. It's strange that Big Brother, you know, added an hour to the clock, but didn't <laughs> shuffle months at all. Right. Yeah. It was a it was a cold bright day in Flugelhorn. <laughs> in mid Flugelhorn and the clocks were striking 13. Um I've only read that book once and it was last year so it's fresh on the brain. Okay. I'm impressed. Um, yeah, the the clock striking 13 I think is a I don't know if it's an actual like a, a, an established idiomatic expression, or if it's if it's a 1984 invention, but I think it's meant to be like, um, you know, if you hear the clock toll 13 times, it sort of it's it sort of makes you question your reality. So I think it's supposed mm. to be like a uh, a immediately you're supposed to sort of question your reality in the book. I think is the idea. It's a it's a brilliant establishing sentence because you get that kind of s- surreality of it, but it also establishes that it's a military state, right? Um, because because one o'clock is a uh, thirteen, thirteen hundred. Um, I, I, I can we? Yeah, what's that? Sorry, also? can we can we just pause just for a second? I got to run to the kitchen. Oh my gosh! Sorry, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Oh my gosh. Whatever he's making better be good, is all I gotta say. If it's gonna yeah, take well, it's a pork it's... shoulder, and it's been going overnight in a crock pot, so I have to uh, imagine it's gonna be good. It can't be bad. Yeah. Is pork shoulder actually like the the shoulder of a pig? You know, it sounds so obvious that I almost want to say no. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, are there other... Can you get like... Like beef shoulder? That's a good question. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's a very Here's beef a question. Shoulder. Okay. So you know when when you're eating chicken, it's it's poultry. Sure. Um, when you're you're eating cow, it's beef. Mm-hmm. When you're pig, it's pork. Do we have a word for fish like that? Or do you, you you just call it fish, right? Um, seafood, you get uh, oh boy! Now you've sent me into a real tizzy. Um, do you so? 
as a way of avoiding that question by stating an interesting fact, mm-hmm. uh, the origin of the fact that we have different words for the meat versus the animal, we being English speakers, is mm-hmm. that the oh, – I'm, I'm going to get this mixed up. I can't remember what the exact order is, but um, there – so we have both like Anglo – slash German roots to our language, and we also have French roots to our language. Yes. And I think that the at the time when modern English was being developed, the French-speaking people were higher class, and as such we have French words for the meat because the French were the people who – like the higher class people were the people who were able to eat meat often. And the mm-hmm. name for the animals comes from the Anglo slash – German roots. I think that's right. Ooh, that's interesting. It is I interesting. like that. Yeah, there, it, there, it, I, I, the specifics of that uh, maybe I may have bungled those up, but the general idea is that the upper class speakers of the origins of modern English are where we get our words for meat. And that's why we have the hoity-toity, you know, poultry and and pork. But then, you know, the, the commoners just call them pigs. Right. Exa- yes, exactly. Um, so that's an interesting linguistic fact, all of which is to say I don't know the answer to your question. Fair enough. <laughs> I guess it's just for fish. It's just all fish. Yeah. Fish. Seafood. Fish. Fish. <clears throat> oh, hello, Austin. Hello. You got shrimp. You got prawns. Prawns. Yeah. Got langosteens. All right, let's get back. Let's get back to the freaking trivia, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, further adventures in the world of literature brings us to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Tony's least favorite book. It's my absolute least favorite book of all time. Uh, the The Mad Hatter is stuck in a certain time of day. What is that time? Late. Yeah, I was about to say just the state of lateness. Uh, I, th- I think that's the uh, I think that's the the white rabbit. Mm. Oh, you're right. Right. He's late. He's late for a very important date. Yeah, I'm right now. I'm just grasping for any other Alice in Wonderland related ideas. Is it something to do with tea time? Oh, it it surely is. It Woo. is not only something to do with tea time. It is tea time. He's stuck at tea time. Is that a firm time? It surely people? is. Would you like? Okay. Do you, would you like to guess what time it is? Uh, half past four. That's a very good yeah. guess because that is when I would drink tea. But apparently, yeah. apparently, the Mad Hatter slash British people, maybe I don't really know, drink their tea a little later in the day, six p.m. Six p.m. Huh. Yeah, which to me is like. In, supper time. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, like in like supper time. Uh, definitely not tea time. I'm yeah. hungrier than tea at six p.m. But uh, tea comes with little uh, little hors d'oeuvres, yeah, also, like right? Crumpet, little tea cakes and a little crumpet, little sandos, sandies. Yeah, but I don't know. I not enough for a six p.m. meal. Not enough to to sate me at six p.m. Um, have you guys ever had Marmite? I got a jar in my fridge right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I have never. Lucas? 
Yeah, I've never. I can't even envision what that is. It's it's basically Vegemite, um, just a different a different varietal. But it's a uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's yeast. I think it's a byproduct of of beer making. So it's kind of the spent yeast that has been somehow uh, turned alchemy-like into this kind of spreadable paste. Um, it doesn't sound great yeah. when I'm describing it, and I'm sure I'll listen to this tomorrow and, and throw it away immediately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very popular savory spread in the UK and Australia. Um, and Julia has some, my roommate. Uh, hashtag who's Julia and it's uh, you you like would spread it on things so the way that the way that Nick and I have been doing it um, is hashtag who's Nick is uh, you spread a piece of toast with a thin layer of butter and then over the top of that spread it with a thin layer of Marmite hmm. and it's, uh, it's a very savory salty umami bomb <laughs> um, ooh yeah, I would. Uh, I'd recommend it at least once. I'd give it a shot. The the it ending foods are interesting. Vegemite, Marmite, it, dynamite. Consistency of <laughs> gross. What I imagine Soylent to be. Oh yeah, right. Kind of a, a clinical sounding. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the book, The Road. Have either of you read it? I have not. Oh no, it's so good. Um, I haven't either. Oh no, it's so good. I've read uh, Blood Diamond and No Church in the Wild. Those <laughs> other two books. <laughs> That's what they are, right? Didn't we? Didn't I butcher a Cormac McCarthy joke last last you, week? You, you definitely did. Yeah, you referred to No Country for Old Men as There Will Be Blood. Yeah. But that's a that's a common mistake. Yeah, the films did come out in the same year. Is, is... And they their whole marketing looked exactly the same. No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood are kind of I don't know the pace of that title is is very similar. Yeah, yeah. and the tone. Yeah, um, you're giving them but, a lot of credit, Lucas. I, they're <laughs> kind of both modern westerns. It's you know I guess There Will Be Blood. Uh, you're right. You're right. I just, isn't, the, isn't the title of the book just Oil? Yes, Oil by yeah. Upton Sinclair. Yeah. I think it has an exclamation, an exclamation point at the end. Yeah. So, uh, so if that pattern continues, do you think that the Jungle film adaption will be like, you know, there will don't be make jaguars? don't make don't make people kill animals? It's just like oh. a really overblown, <laughs> right? Very yeah. explicit reference to what the, the book is about. <laughs> Sometimes the animals are treated poorly in the meat industry. <laughs> but uh, but it's nothing compared to what those actual factory workers are treated like. Right. <laughs> just the title is just the animals are a metaphor for the for the labor industry. Um, I mean, Animal Farm, obviously, is just right. retitled to This is About Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be funny to to take uh, movies and then try to think of their one-word book novelization. Mm, okay. um, the novelization of Moonlight would just be called Moonlight with an exclamation point. <laughs> Moonlight. <laughs> yeah, Fences. 
<laughs> Arrival? <laughs> okay, so we kind of got distracted from the road. Yes, <laughs> the um, road. So are you familiar with the premise of the book? Yes. Okay. Austin, are you familiar? It's a it's a man and his son kind kind of trying to navigate a uh, a post nuclear waste, right. right? Yeah. Although, okay. so you know what? Thank you for thank you for ushering it in. Uh, so it's never made clear what the apocalypse is in the post apocalyptic world of the road, but the clocks stop at a specific time. And given that neither of you have read it, I'm, I'm not even going to bother to, to ask you. The, the clocks stop at 1.17. And the, the quote is, The clocks stop at 1.17, a long shear of light and then a series of low concussions. Is, is the only hint that we get about the way that the world ends, so to speak. Hmm. So it could have been a, a well-lit football game. Could have been a, could have been a well-lit football game. <laughs> 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 have either of you read the book of revelation no like oh the biblical sense yes yes i have read the revelation of of john the revelation of john yes exclamation uh, point yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh do you do you remember revelation 117 Ooh, no probably about i don't know Asia Minor. <laughs> yeah. One of those places. A lot of that book is about Asia Minor. <laughs> Asia Minor always sticks out as a location for whatever reason <laughs> in, in biblical. Uh, Thessalonica? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So but I no, think, I have no idea what 117 is. I, I think the, the, the clock stopping at 117 is significant, and I think it's a refle- reference to Revelation 117, in which Jesus says, I am the first and the last. So yeah. I, I, Interesting. It's, 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 it's fear not, so, I'm the first and the last. So I, th- I think it's a, I, th- I think it's meant to be a reference to that. I, you know, it, it, the time is so specific that it's it, you, you got to think it's a, it's yeah. an intentional but something or other. Did you come up with that, Tony, or did you dig that uh, up somewhere? Th- that was from a conversation with somebody who said it's probably a biblical reference, and from there it was not too difficult to think of. Well, somebody said it's probably a biblical reference, and then we just sort of, like, hunted around. I wish I could remember sure. who I was talking to. I love that. Lucas, sorry, yeah, I interrupted with, you. What with, were you going to say? The implication being that the the apocalyptic event is, in fact, the rapture? Uh, not necessarily, like, in a literal sense. Uh-huh. But, yeah, not necessarily in a literal sense, but maybe in a metaphorical okay. sense. Um, Guys, I just looked up Genesis one seventeen. Oh, Yeah. And it, the verse uh, from the English Standard Version is, and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. Interesting. Ooh. Interesting. So are we now going to go through the 40-some-odd books of the Bible and read <laughs> 117 of all of them? Yeah, I, I'll be back in a second. <laughs> uh, that wraps up our references to specific times in film, TV, literature, and podcasts. Uh, our next category is songs with the word time in the title. Now, um, I have restricted this to songs that are not just the word time in the title. Like, or not, sorry, that the title isn't just the word time. Like, there's a Pink Floyd song called Time. 
there's a bunch of songs just called time. So David Bowie song called time. Yes. Yeah. So I specifically am not going to do that because there are so many of them. So don't say any more of them, Austin. Okay. Really put Austin in his place. Then. <laughs> you really uh, cuckolded me. Waiting for someone to say it, you know. Uh, Austin, I want to reverse a second. Are you... <laughs> Do you know what that word means? Uh, I I know what you would say, um, <laughs> but I think in a in a in a very general sense, it means kind of just emasculated, right? Yeah, yeah I think you're probably right about that. Um, Who would have thought that's the word that was really going to take off in 2016? <laughs> <laughs> and guys, uh, you know, the, the first definition is make another man a cuckold by having sexual relations with his wife. So, so no, it does not just mean emasculated. I was abstracting okay. from, a, from a very specific <laughs> definition. And I'm not, I'm not upset about it. Yeah, no, language is alive, Austin. And what you just did there was you you took a step with the English language that had never been trod before. Mm. Mm. And maybe with time, hey, we'll come out on top. <gasps> Lucas, you're very good. And no longer be a cuckold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so songs with time in the title. There are... A few people who have two first names, like their first and last name, or both could be first names, who have songs with the word time in the title. One of them has two first names and one Nobel Prize. Oh, jeez. Okay. It's got to be Bobby D. Yeah. Bob Dylan, both of which can be first names. Right. And have we already referenced the other singer-songwriter in this, uh, in this podcast? Uh, it's possible... Because I'm just going off of singers I know that have two first names, and George Michael comes to mind. Oh, um, as far when? as I know, he When did we talk about song? George Michael? Did we not talk about George Michael? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was a George Michael podcast. <laughs> this kind of hangs up. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought for sure you were going to say Elliot Smith, and then you said George Michael. <laughs> So the, the, the Bob Dylan song with the word time in the title, it's one of his most favorite song, famous songs. Times They Are Changing. Yes. The Times They mm. Are Changing. There is another, one of the top selling solo artists of all time is a man that has two first names. Actually, two. Oh, oh my goodness. Two of the songs are by... Two of the top-selling solo male artists of all time, and they both have two first names. Ringo Starr. (laughs) (laughs) No, Ringo Starr has no first name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Your your audio quality is bad. I I thought you said no first name. (laughs) Austin, you and I almost saw one of these men. In fact, we could could hear his, his sonorous tones as we drove away. Oh, Frank Ocean. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, El- El- Elton John. Yes, Elton John. Oh. Now, what is the song of his? And I'll tell you this. It, it is in a parenthetical in the song title. So there's there's the main song title, and then there's a parenthetical, which includes the word time. Oh, uh, 
uh, Rocket Man, and the parenthetical is long, long time. Yes. I, well, the par- the full parenthetical is I think it's going to be a long, long time. Uh, close. Yeah. I have this internal joke with myself where if I really have to go to the bathroom, I sing, I think I'm going to pee a long, long time. <laughs> it's pretty funny. The other artist, uh, you might even say that he's a big shot. Um, I, I'm going to say that again. He might even be a big shot. You had to be a big shot, didn't you? Had to open up your mouth. Oh, Billy Joel. Yes, Billy Joel. Um, I have a contribution. Okay. Um, this, <laughs> I want to say something. No, I, I meant I have a contribution to the list, not just that oh, I want to okay. talk. Um, well, can you first, before you continue, can you tell me what Billy Joel song has the word time in the title? Um, no. Oh... For, for the longest time. Longest time. Uh, let's try to. Can we try to do the the barbershop harmony? The three of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can always try. Well, we can try, but unfortunately, Skype mutes all but one of the microphones <laughs> at a time, so we might hear only the uh, only one of the harmony lines, which would sound a little weird. And the out of key, the right. most out of key. Right. <laughs> Skype singles out the most out of key one in that. <laughs> <laughs> It's really innovative technology. <laughs> it helps you. Uh, it helps you find out which member of your boy band you should cut to go big. <laughs> so Austin, you wanted to say something, and I am just oh, I was, dying to hear. I it. was just going to say, uh, Soul Luminary uh, Irma Thomas um, wrote the song "Time Is on My Side," which was oh. which was eventually made famous by the Rolling Stones. Nice. Um, Another and she, first name. Yeah, double double first name. Uh, There is more than one member to this group, so it's no longer a solo male artist. Um, (laughs) But one of the members of the group has two first names, both of which are biblical first names, and both of which are important in the early Christian church. Um, Hall and Oates? The Apostle Hall? Oh, I know exactly what this is. Yeah, what is it, Lucas? Paul Simon. Yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Although Garfunkel was probably a member of... He was probably somewhere a member of the early church. Sure, yeah. Arthur Arthur and Garfunkel were two important founding (laughs) members of the Church of Thessalonica. So what Simon and Garfunkel has the word time in the title? I literally, the only... I can only think of Sound of Silence. So, uh, Lucas, your guess could have just been to uh, to hold your tongue. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> In that instance, Austin, very cuckold of you. No, I no, I wasn't. I wasn't like, hey, Lucas. No, I accept your time. read. I, I accept that. I've, I've been back and all, it all was, silence. It wasn't a read. It was. I wasn't like, hey, Lucas, maybe shut up next time. <laughs> it was uh, by not speaking. Right, you you would have been guessing. <laughs> no, you would have. <laughs> You would have been Austin guessing. Trying to make a sounds of silence joke. I am. I'm done. <laughs> it's over. I'm the good guy. I'm the good cop. <laughs> I believe you, Austin. You're a very good guy. <laughs> um, I'll give you a hint. When I say the word time, you might want to expand your mind a little bit and think about other contexts in which the word time would appear. Oh, Scarborough Fair. 
Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. <laughs> Keep going. We can do the Skype harmony. Oh, I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> I never had it. <laughs> uh, we were singing. Uh, we were singing Scarborough Fair, not Sound of Silence, Lucas. <laughs> I see. Well, I held my tongue. Aha. Very good. All right. So that's that's enough for male artists with two first names that sing songs with the word "time" in the title. We are now going to move on to our final category, which is the length of things, meaning. The, the the time the temporal the temporal length of things. Can you guys tell me what the longest and shortest Oscar best picture winners are? Is is the longest Ben Hur? Oh, good guess. Good that guess. Is, that is. That's I think, what I was thinking. I think that's the second longest. Is mm. it uh, Ten Commandments? No, I don't think Ten Commandments did. Ten Commandments win best picture? Maybe not. I'm not sure on the. The classics and what won Best Picture? But yeah, um, short of Ben Hur, I don't know if I have a great. I mean, it's yeah. it is definitely it's a big time classic. Gone with, Gone the, with wind. the wind. Yeah. Nice. Who yeah. got muted? Who gets credit? <laughs> I I heard both of you say it, so I'm going to give you both credit. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Although the even even if you exclude the 15 minute intermission in the middle of the movie, it's still the longest one. Wow! Fascinating. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, Ben-Hur is a very long one. Uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King is a very long one. Ooh, I wasn't even thinking that, but that would be a good guess. Yeah, it's, it's one of the few over 200 minutes. Yeah. The shortest one is a movie by the name of Marty. It's only 94 minutes long. Gone with the Wind, by the way, I don't know if I said this, was 238 minutes. Marty is only 94 minutes. I'm into that. We need more shorter movies coming out. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Smarty is the story of a middle-aged butcher and a school teacher who have given up on the idea of love, meet at a dance, and fall for each other. Wow. So, sounds sounds like a pretty dumb movie, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Uh, what uh, year was it? Uh, Marty is 1955. Gone with the Wind is 1939. Okay. The, the next question I'm going to ask you about is the... Longest and shortest songs to have ever charted on the Billboard Top 100. So I've got five of the longest and five of the shortest. American Pie? Yeah. Yep. American Pie. And that's not even the longest one. That's the fourth longest one to have charted. Oh, man. Um, Although it is, it, is the longest, it is the longest song to reach number one at eight minutes and 37 seconds. Oh, nice. Um, These songs are all at least eight minutes long. Oh, jeez. The... Eight minutes is pretty gratuitous. Oh, yeah. And the longest one is nine minutes and 57 seconds long. Ugh. Maybe Bob Dylan? No, although he, he has some real long songs, too. Uh, he, has, he has an 11-minute song, the name of which is... Uh... Titanic. He has a song about the Titanic. He does, yeah. 11 minutes it's, <laughs> it's like the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, but it's about the Titanic, and it's five minutes longer. Ooh, is that on there? No, it's not. Okay. Well, I should have done my math. I could have figured that out. Um, David Bowie. Yes. I believe it's pronounced David Bowie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bowie. Bowie. 
It's probably Blackstar. It surely is. Very well done. Yeah, that's the longest song to have ever charted in the top 100. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. The second longest... I feel bad saying that it's gratuitous. <laughs> well, it, I, you can stand by that. The second longest is 9 minutes and 36... Or thir, excuse me, 9 minutes and 30 seconds long. It is called Better Place to Be by Harry Chapin. Uh, number three is 8 minutes and 55 seconds long. It's called November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Sure. The number four, mm-hmm. as you said, is American Pie. Number five uh, is the second one to have come out in 2016 by a young man by the name of Kendrick Lamar. Oh. In Untitled Unmastered? It is, yes. Well, good get. Untitled because. 7L Levitate. Kendrick. Levitate, levitate, levitate. Kendrick, sure. Kendrick Lamer. Kendrick Lamer. <laughs> Laymare? Lay Laymare. Um, now, the shortest. Uh, I would be surprised if you got any of these. Although, the very shortest one to have reached uh, the top 100 is a somewhat recent internet sensation. Um, no, this internet is, sensation. This is just like a video of a guy singing a silly little song that's got a total of like four different words in it. Oh yeah, I don't I don't remember though. Pineapple? Yeah. Pineapple pen, pen, pineapple, apple, pen. I I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it was an internet sensation. It's pretty dumb. It's only forty five seconds long and it reached number seventy seven on the Billboard top one hundred. So wow. How far we've come from American Pie. <laughs> a, sw- a sweeping epic about the history of rock and roll since the, <laughs> the death of Buddy Holly. Um, well, if it's any song. consolation, uh, two, of the, uh, two of the shortest ones are, one of them is from 1964 and one of them from 1959. So they, they had some short songs even back then. So a hint for one of them is, one of them appears as the theme song in a television show. Uh, the television the Seinfeld show. theme. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it the theme song to the Jeffersons? It is not. Is it the theme song to the to the uh, to the TV show Weeds? Weeds. <laughs> the theme song to the TV show Weeds has made the top one hundred of. Oh, it, it's an independent song. And yeah. They just yes. It's, yes. Exactly. This is the, this is the song that came out in nineteen sixty four. Okay. <laughs> So the, okay, what's the what's the song? It's called Little Boxes. Little Boxes of Weed. Little Boxes, Little Boxes, and they're all made of ticky-tacky little boxes, little boxes, and they all look just the same. If you've ever oh. heard that. It's about... How I, I once binged a lot of weeds over a, a particular weekend, and I'm sad that I couldn't come up with that title. Did you recognize it when I said it? Yes. Okay, good. The song Austin uh, is about the uh, sort of hyperconformity of suburban life. Sure. The show Weeds is about a suburban mom who becomes a spoiler drug dealer. A kingpin. Well. She becomes the one who knocks. Yes. <laughs> yes, so to speak. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that pineapple, pen, pineapple, apple, pen is 45 seconds long. Little boxes is, is a minute, two seconds long. The next song is a minute and 17 seconds long. The song is called... Whoa. Wait, Tony. <gasps> One seventeen. Revelation. This is like this is like that 
that movie 23 with Jim Carrey, where 117 is appearing everywhere. No, you're thinking of the film 117. <laughs> yeah, so, that's not, so a little different than the number 23. Starring us. Um, yeah, the song is called Some Kind of Earthquake, and the band is Dwayne Eddy and his twangy guitar and the Rebels. That's the full title of the band? That's awesome. That's the full title of the band, yeah. Uh, The next one is a minute and 19 seconds long by a young woman by the name of Beyonce featuring James Blake. Oh, sure. Uh, I don't know it. The song is called The Forward. And the last song rounding out the top five is a minute and 20 seconds long. It is called What I've Been Looking For, Reprise... It's actually a reprise uh, by Andrew Seeley and Vanessa Hudgens. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Good I haven't to thought hear about her for a while. Again, <laughs> She's actually uh. listed in the Billboard Top 100 as Vanessa Ann Hudgens. <laughs> she makes me worried that there's a different Vanessa Hudgens out there. Someone already registered with the union. Right, so. exactly. The final question... I'm going to bring us. I'm going to bring us to the Guinness Book of World Records. What is the longest opera of all time, according to the Guinness Book of World Records? And how long would you guess that it is? What is? Sorry, say that. What's the longest? What opera? Opera. Isn't there? Oh man, it's a uh, it's opera that's like 26 hours long or something dumb. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this this particular one is 13 hours long. Uh, okay. Um, now, the it, opera I'm thinking of is just that opera done twice. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Back to back to back. Yeah, it's a double header. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know Wagner has one that's like five hours long. Yeah, so that's that, – according to the Guinness Book of World Records, that one is the longest regularly performed opera. This one may have only been performed once. So yeah. I'll be surprised. Hit it, hit us. I, you know what? I will. The opera is called "The Life and Times of Joseph Stalin." Really? Yeah. Performed in in uh, the Brooklyn Academy of Music, December fourteen to fifteen in nineteen seventy three. Thirteen hours and twenty five minutes. Wow, that's something else. Yeah, it's as if as if we needed another reason to hate Joseph Stalin. He also has the world's <laughs> longest opera. Yeah. Um, is it, is it a spiritual successor to that short-lived sitcom about, <laughs> right. about the daily life of Hitler? Yeah. Kyle, <laughs> yeah, honey, I'm home. It's, yeah, it's actually a sort of, uh, a little comedy romp, uh, through the life of, uh, life and times of Joseph Stalin, <laughs> where he, he, uh, yeah, he goes out to the gulags and, and befriends, uh, some of the <laughs> prisoners at the gulags and tries, to, the tries to sneak them home with him. People are starving again. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the life and times of Joseph Stalin. You guys, this was very fun. We made it. We made it. We made fun. it to the other side. Yeah. We made, we have made it just in time. We had what you might call the time of our lives. Oh. It was it was something unpredictable, but in the end, it was right. <laughs> I was thinking, um, uh, I owe it all to you guys. Oh yeah, sure, um, sure. I was going at it from a different angle. Sure. 
And um, right now, it's not the time of se- of the season for it to be warm outside. But I think it. Uh, I think it's it time might, to go it might outside. Be the time of the season for loving. Right. I think it's always time of the season for loving. Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it, you know, since we're at the end of the podcast, you might call it closing time. Jump in someone. (laughs) I forget. What's the opening line? (laughs) Closing time. Is that really the first line? One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. That's actually the, that's the second line of the verse, but, um, it's okay. It's fine. Okay. I appreciate your forgiveness. If you guys can make it over in the next hour, which is a unit of time, um, I've got some. I've got some food for you, dude. I'll be there. I'm heading straight over. Absolutely. All right. We'll uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah. Uh, so before we go, we always like to say thank you to Drew Schuma for providing the music for this show. Great artist. Give him a listen. Uh, I also want to say thank you to Austin and Lucas for you know just spending this. Spending this hour with me and uh, just, you know, making me laugh, making me cry, making me think about yeah. life in a more serious way. This was really fun, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And a uh, big thank you to everybody who is listening. Goodbye. <laughs>